all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. We've got four blocks in Seattle that is more like a block party atmosphere. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. Getty. That's definitely my favorite story of the day. Live from Studio C. Season your A dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And hey, everybody, today we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Jenny Durkin, mayor of Seattle, welcoming North America's newest nation, Antifa Stan. (laughs) What's it actually called? Chaz? Well, yeah, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. Okay. They'll be working to expand it, though, beyond the Capitol Hill area, surely. But the reason this is my favorite story of the day is you've got two completely different views of it out there. Um, as the as the mayor has said, it's a block party, really. And uh, and other people are saying, no, it's a, a violent lockdown <laughs> takeover of city streets. They're extorting businesses and rappers are going around with guns beating people who disobey them. I'm leaving that block party. Well, I'm going home. And I haven't been there, but this doesn't seem to be in dispute at all. It's the, it's the, uh, it's the, uh, was it willingly or not? So the police are no longer at the precinct. The windows are boarded up, doors are boarded up, and they took all the stuff out. But they're saying they did not abandon the precinct in the face of uh, the country of Chaz. They just uh, decided to move their stuff out of there. I'm tired the of this precinct for some reason. I hate this place. Let's leave. Which is uh, which is pretty funny. Yikes, Jack! If only we had an insider account from the Seattle PD. Oh, we do. So, Stay tuned. You know, we got lots of different reporters uh, talking about uh, what's going on in Seattle and everything like that. And so, as usual, the unfortunate part of this story is because the uh, orange man weighed in on it. Oh, boy. The most famous person in the world turns 74 on Sunday, one Donald J. Trump. <laughs> and uh, he tweeted about Seattle and how he would straighten it out or whatever. And so now it's a it's a Trump story. Oh, no. And uh, and on the cable news, it's, he doesn't have the right to do that as president, which he doesn't, but he tweets those kind of things all the time, and he knows he doesn't, and he's not actually going to do anything. Uh, those of us that know that don't get this bothered by it, although it's weird that the president says that. But Granted. this this president says that sort of thing all the time. I know he's not going to actually do anything, so it doesn't worry me. Um, but anyway, because he weighed in... Uh, that's the story on the cable news. Yeah. I mean, I was just looking at the headline up on, on, uh, on the... On MSNBC, it's something about Seattle and the word Trump was in there. Well, it's a guy who squandered uh, several years and several thousand dollars studying political science and political systems and the rest of it, officially and then unofficially for my entire adult life. Watching these experiments play out is great, really interesting. It's incredibly troubling, too. But these far-left experiments in governance, San Francisco, Seattle, Portland... Let's see how it plays out. Yeah, we've got the comments from the mayor, from the governor of the state, who are all for these protesters Yes, uh, occupying these blocks in a, in a block party uh, that the police are not allowed to attend. But uh, so, Well, know. I remember when uh, Antifa beating people down was just rampant in Portlandia. And, and my take was at the time and remains, you can't passive your way out of this. Beg them not to hurt you. 
You just give them more power that way. That is the strategy being employed in Seattle, Washington State specifically. Just just don't make them angry, and, and it'll be okay eventually, I hope. I spent two hours yesterday, as I was driving around doing stuff, with a podcast describing the Mott and Bailey approach of all these protests, which I was unaware of that phrase, but he explained how it fits in with these protests. We'll talk about that later. If you're unaware of it or if you are un- if you are aware of it, then you can mock me for getting it wrong. But uh, it's, it's, it's really interesting how they've handled this. And Mott is... and Bailey, you see. You say. Yeah. All right. It's a... Uh, Bailey came up with that after leaving the Barnum and Bailey Circus. Mott and Bailey went on the road. He was, he was bored with zebras and elephants and <laughs> decided to get into political theory. It's a rhetorical technique that has been around forever, and that is what is being employed by the super left on America, and America is going along with it. Oh, it's, super. We're going to learn something today. It's really interesting. Yeah, beautiful. And, and now that I'm aware of it, I recognize <laughs> it everywhere. Oh, we'll call it out then. Uh, this will be our new jihad. Um, remember Islamic fundamentalism? Remember when everybody was worried about that? Or China, Good which times. is every bit the problem, oh, and will be the problem for the next several centuries. Oh, yeah, but, they are uh, plotting it as we speak to do us ill. Um, yeah, so I got so much to say. I took in a fair amount of news yesterday. I don't know what was going on. What was going on? It was the last day of school. Yeah, I was busy with, uh, but somehow I ended up. I think it's because I was running errands. I took in a lot of news. Good man. Um, let's introduce everybody in the squad to kick off the show. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing good. I don't know about this block party in Seattle. I don't see a lot of dancing. I don't see a lot of you know fancy food or costumes. It doesn't well, look like a lot of fun. Well, if you want to see dancing and have it look like a block party, there are plenty of tweets out there that show portions of it where it looks like a block party. People are literally dancing with DJs and all that sort of stuff. Well, I don't doubt it. They've got to be overjoyed. We took over a chunk of a city. It's just the um, the, the reports of uh, where police are trying to go back to their precinct, and they're not allowed to, as the protesters uh, have barricades up and that sort of thing. But anyway, uh, there's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Was delighted to wake up this morning to find that uh, my, at this point, he's probably my favorite stand-up comedian of all, of all time. Dave Chappelle put out a new, about 30 minutes or so of... Uh, to, to call it stand-up is a little bit of a stretch. It's not, you know, necessarily littered with the with punchlines and, and laughs the way that his stuff normally is. But he's talking about the the George Floyd and the the protests and kind of the the state of the country right now. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. As it's hard for me to imagine Chappelle talking about anything that I don't enjoy. Well, we'll, um, we'll check in on his perspective later in the show. I, I do want to hear that. Is it, do, do, you, do you suppose it represents a lot of Black America's view? Or oh uh, yeah, I would yeah. I would assume okay. so. Yeah. Um. So it was the last day of school for my son yesterday. Uh, Whatever that means. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, no more thrice weekly 45-minute Zoom meetings. Um, he had been doing an insane amount of math. More math than I ever did up until college. Wow. And I don't know if there was some sort of the state putting the whip to him to meet guidelines or what, but the amount of math and practically nothing else that he was doing for the last month Unbelievable. I don't know what was going on there. Yeah. Or maybe it was just the easiest thing, because, you know, it's so subjective, or not subjective. Objective, yeah. yeah not subjective. <clears throat> I was, like I was other thinking stuff, along those lines. You don't have to grade papers in any way. It's just, you know, it's do these it. problems. Yeah. Here's how you anyway. do them. Do a bunch of them so anyway. I can feel like I'm teaching. Anyway, from that standpoint, he was very happy that the school year is over, because he doesn't have, like, 30 pages of math to do today, but... um. So we got an ice cream pizza from Baskin Robbins. Carol Baskin Robbins. Wow, ice cream pizza. 
Have you ever had that? It's it's two great disgusting. treats coming together. Disgusting. I, I remember it getting absolutely it for a, disgusting. a kid's birthday party ages ago. Yeah. They must have designed it for a kid's palate. Oh, yeah. Because kids can handle uh, an amount of sweetness you can't as an adult. Right. Oh, it's just awful. <laughs> kids liked it, but oh, it was the grossest thing I've ever put in my mouth. And I've had oh. poop in my mouth. Oh, Lord. Cow poop. Uh, they they have attorneys, you know. Well, I'm just business. saying. Right. I, am I, I allowed to review food, aren't I? <laughs> Seems to be a... <laughs> this was an ice cream pizza, you said? Yes. Cookie dough ice cream pizza. Oh, oh it's so oh. gross. Sounds so good in theory. It does. I was looking forward to it, actually. Yes. But, uh, uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is... How did it already get to be? Friday, June the 12th, the year 2020, where Armstrong and Getting, we approve of this program. All right, then, let's begin officially according to FCC rules and regulations. The show begins at Mark. You should know that there are no beaches in Chaz. This is a tiny nation. It's smaller than Liechtenstein. The entire country extends only six city blocks. <laughs> Tucker went on a long uh, thing with the new country of Chaz that was kind of funny. It was so pretty we'll amusing. Play that. <laughs> you should know there's no beaches in Chad. <laughs> it's a tiny country smaller than Liechtenstein. I like uh, Antifa Stan as a name for it. Tucker said something last night. I hate to you know sound like such a Tucker fanboy, but I thought this was really good. Um, he said, you know, we've probably done too much red face shouting over the last couple of weeks. There's enough of that. There's so much of that. We're not, you know, it's not going to do any good. Mm. From now on, we're going to go with calm and amused with all this. And I thought, well, that's what we've been trying wow. to do for a long time. Thanks for listening, Tucker. But I'm uh, glad calm, to hear that. Calm and amused is really a good way to approach it, all this that's, stuff. It, yeah, that's it's funny you should say because I, I, I often can take Tucker for a while. And then think, all right, it's nighttime. Right. I am i can't take any more red-faced <laughs> shouting. I just, I don't want to live my life angry. Reminds me, Beck, Glenn Beck used to have his daytime TV show, I think when it was on CNN, or maybe it was on Fox at that time. But anyway, he, he would get out his chalkboard every day and explain to me how my life was about to end as I know it. Oh, yeah. And I'm like 15 minutes of the show, I think, why am I doing this? <laughs> I mean, it's really well done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a really <laughs> well-crafted explanation of how I should be racked with misery and despair. <laughs> I'm, not just, I'm not sure I'm in the mood for this right now. Right. Um, How's the mailbag? The old M&D. Oh, it's terrific. And we have clips of the week as oh, well. Oh, boy. On the way next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A cancel culture things that have hit with a band changing their name and changing their eye at Disney and a cartoon that's going off the air and a variety of things that are really interesting and uh, probably worth discussing. Is I don't band know. has changed its name. That's yeah. interesting. I don't know where this is all headed, and y- you know, well, anyway, we'll talk more about that later. Also, we've got to talk about the damned coronavirus and. It's weird. People are tired of it. Polls show people are tired of hearing about it and talking about it. Right. But that doesn't make any difference to the virus. <laughs> Which polls? All it, of them. Okay. If, okay. It's, if it's actually on a comeback, it's on a comeback whether you're tired of it or not. Well, don't call it a comeback. It's been here for months. Uh, I heard a doctor who seemed very, very reasonable say, look, we're in the early days of this. This is the first stage. It's going to take a long time and it's going to be really hard. And I thought, I don't have it in me. <laughs> I know. 
But you don't. But yeah. again, the Chinese bat virus doesn't care you whether I have it in me or Sorry not. Sorry, you're tired of it, but you've got it now. Yeah. And I was talking to somebody last night whose uh, wife has had it for a long time, and still, it's really bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's just amazing. I, by contrast, was in a very crowded restaurant yesterday. Allegedly, perhaps. Masks or no masks? No. No masks? Crowded. No. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. In the lawless lands that I inhabit, the, the lawless border region where I live. Mailbag. Coming up in a moment, but first. That was close. First. Let's take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. And I know, and, and myself too, and I know that that comes from a place of privilege. Well, I, I understand clearly the sentiment and the substance behind the slogan. And so while it's not a slogan I'll use. It still appears to be rare that an asymptomatic individual actually transmits onward. For the first time in his life, Mitt Romney tasted pepper. A more of a salt guy. Or alternatively, no seasoning at all. The characters like Elmer Fudd and Yosemite Sam will no longer carry guns. That's right, from now on, it's all poisoning. Honor George and make the necessary changes that make law enforcement the solution and not the problem. I'd like to remind you that during the award-winning fourth hour of the Armstrong and Getty Show, which some of you get over the air, some do not, but you can always get it the podcasts at armstrongandgetty.com. Sean continues to work on clips of the week is 20% of our week has not yet happened, really. Oh, um, wow. And so the, 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 the second run-through of Cal is a blockbuster. So grab that via podcast if you think of it, armstrongandgetty.com. Boy, the fourth hour of the show sure looks like a long way away from here. It seems insurmountable. <laughs> <laughs> Mailbag! <laughs> Woo-hoo! Uh, freedom-loving quotes of the day from Thomas Jefferson. Uh, we're going to do that for a week or, or so. This is not... A freedom-loving quote of the day, really. It's just an interesting insight into one of the most interesting humans who's, who's ever kicked it. And he wrote this in 1788. So this is just before we adopted the Constitution and several years before he served as a, a veep and president. I would, I would rather be shut up in a very modest cottage with my books, my family, and a few old friends dining on simple bacon and letting the world roll on as it liked than to occupy the most splendid post which any human power can give. That's funny. He's like Washington. He said, I just want to go home. Did he say bacon? He said, dining on simple bacon. Oh, I knew you'd appreciate that. <laughs> uh, you know, I could come up with a freedom-loving Jefferson quote. He said plenty of stuff. Um, uh, I remember when the Confederate statue stuff first raised its head a couple of years ago. And, you know, there are some people, including me, saying, you know, when when's it Thomas Jefferson? But it seemed so far off that that would ever be the case. We've got to be a lot closer to demands for various, like serious demands and people taking it seriously. 
for some canceling of various founding fathers. Yeah, and soft, I, it's, the it's, soft-headed and the terrified going along with it. It's completely believable now. Yes, I, I would agree. I, I can see. I would be uh, horrified, but not shocked. Well, they they already changed the name of some day in his hometown. It's no longer Jefferson Day or whatever. It's something else. So yeah, it's it's headed that direction. Mm. Mm. Uh, here's here's another TJ quote. We'll get to the correspondence proper at some point. Uh, bigotry is the disease of ignorance of morbid minds. Enthusiasm of the free and buoyant. Education and free discussion are the antidotes of both. By enthusiasm, he means wild-eyed, like uh, you know, uh, impractical enthusiasm. It's good stuff. Come on. Writes Kevin. Hospitalizations are up fourfold in some of these places. It's not a result of testing and saying so, Joe, is dangerous. You, uh, I'm trying to stay with you guys, but you're making it harder. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> dude, we <laughs> said specifically and repeatedly that hospitalizations are what you need to look at. I just, you know what? We don't need to do the show better, Kevin. You need to listen better, I just like jerk the, face. I just like how many people are always on the verge of I can't take this show anymore. Yeah. I mean, I don't live my life that way with that many newspapers, TV shows, or whatever. It's, I'm just, I'm at the very end of being able to take this. Well, <laughs> maybe we're that bad. <laughs> I, I, I shouldn't have dropped a JF bomb on him, though. I'm uh, so sorry. That's too much. Uh, he goes on to say other things, but we're out of time. What are you going to do? Life's lot, like that. A lot more on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We've got four blocks in Seattle. That is more like a block party atmosphere. It's not an armed takeover. It's not a military junta. Um, we will we will make sure that we can restore this. But we have block parties and, and the like in this part of Seattle all the time. It's it's known for that. There is no threat right now to the public. Seattle is known for its block parties. Right. You barbecue, you dance, you have some face painting. Come on! We have a Fifth of Hennessy. <laughs> we have a square exactly. dance caller coming in. <laughs> We're going to do see do This is a, a yet another one of those stories where you got to do your homework to figure out what the hell's going on, because there are a lot of different opinions. And I saw this this morning as somebody had waded into the block party last night, and this was a report on Fox this morning. Was this a block party? Well, it was unlike any block party I've ever been to. Uh, as we approached the precinct that has been abandoned, the East Precinct in Seattle has been abandoned since Monday. As we approached that precinct, we actually witnessed firsthand as about a dozen officers attempted to walk through the blockade to come back to work at the precinct and saw about 100 protesters flock to them pick up barricades and physically force them back out of the zone. And so as we're seeing from the mayor who's saying, oh, this is a peaceful protest, it's a block party, um, the police are not supported by the elected officials. They're not allowed to do their job. So they retreated. And that's what you saw in the video we posted on Twitter is the police load up in vans and move on. Hey, it's more fundamental than that, though. Jenny Durkin is either delusional or she's trying a maneuver. The mayor of Seattle, the police abandoned that area. They didn't abandon it. They willingly left. They just boarded it up and took all their stuff with them. I'm sorry. They willingly left after an extended multi-day pitched battle 
rocks, bottles, Molotov cocktails, arson. For her to say this is not a violent thing, this is a block party. That's delusional. The cops fled. I'm sorry, they they willingly relocated uh, because it was just too dangerous to be there. So and they weren't getting support from the communist uh, city fathers and mothers. So the um, uh, the mayor of Seattle, well, as you said, is either delusion or is there, is there any chance that she's just seeing the videos? I don't know if you've seen the, the, the videos of the people dancing and everything like that, where it looks calm and fun, and it makes me wish I was there. Sure, there are um, parties after every revolution. It makes me wish I was young and there. Yeah. Maybe she's only seen those videos. Uh, she's the mayor! You would hope she's that got she's this, got yeah. better info, but uh, yeah, come on. So that's but the, you know, even if you even if I just don't, I don't take a side at all. I just stay out of it. You got to admit that it's pretty interesting that there are credible reports, perfectly credible reports. I don't think anybody's denying that the police are no longer at their precinct. Oh, right. I don't think anybody's even denying that. So, Why? Because the the music from the block party was too loud. I don't think so. And the mayor's saying, it's just a block party. We have, we're known for our block parties. What's all the hubbub? I mean, wow. How this is this, this is happening in my lifetime. <laughs> how is this going to end? Badly. Let me hit this uh, this uh, email from uh, Aileen Anonymous. Uh, my sister works for Seattle PD, so I gave her a call after hearing you guys, you guys talk about the autonomous zone, uh, uh, Antifa stand. The city has declared that police can no longer use tear gas and smoke grenades to disperse people in the streets. That leaves the option of allowing anarchists to take control or using live rounds to disperse them. You see what the city has chosen. My sister made it clear that the department is not able to retake these streets. The only way to get them back will be with American military force. She believes there will be marine boots on the ground in the not-too-distant future. Boots on the ground. Good uh, Lord. I, I think it's more likely the National Guard. But actually, additionally, the city has delivered porta-potties, food, and other supplies to the area to make sure these protesters are taken care of. Interesting, isn't it? No, I think it gets back to the Mott and Bailey thing that I'm going to talk about later, what's oh, going on wait. here, but... If you're leaving the U.S. to enter Chaz, I believe that implies that these bad actors have taken the area and made it their own country. I'm curious if we could then classify those occupying this space as foreign adversaries and treat them as such. Also, uh, more as Tucker than... Carlson reminds us, there are no beaches in Chaz. <laughs> it's smaller than Liechtenstein. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, a number of people have pointed out that the far lefties have established their own country, and the first thing they did was put up armed borders. They put up a wall and made Seattle pay for it. <laughs> I rest my case. Uh, here's some people on the streets arguing there in Chaz. Uh, this is, I, again, this is only off the Twitter thing that I lifted the video from, but these are apparently the leaders having a conflict of what to do next. The thing about it is the bickering and back and forth. What kind of change do you get from bickering and back and forth? Matter of fact, look at this mother ass car. What kind of bickering? What kind of change do you get from bickering back and forth? Check this out. I'm not done talking, boy. I'm not done. I'm not done. You gonna let me talk? Wow, so uh, Nancy Pelosi, Donald Trump, pretty much reenacted there in chess. <laughs> <laughs> this, 
that's full on Lord of the Flies. They're arguing yeah, yeah. over who has the conch shell. Right. Yeah. It's uh, you know it was uh, one of the more notable things I learned in studying uh, political systems uh, way back in the day was that revolutionaries almost always make terrible governors. They they win it, then you gotta get them out. But you 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 do have the problem of, and this is how I've never understood anarchists or or people who want to overthrow power and everything like that. Somebody's gonna be in power. As that woman was finding out right there, she wants to be in power. Now that guy wants to be in power. Well, you're gonna have to settle that somehow, and you're either gonna have a vote, or you're gonna fight, or you're gonna decide who's the strongest, or you're gonna do something. But somebody's gonna be in charge. What you don't understand, Jack, is those people are either delusional or stupid. You can that you can want to the have the you can want to. It seems like just before you all get together, it seems like we're all on the same side and we're just happy and we're just gonna have a party and it's gonna be fun. And uh, we probably ought to close this party down around 2 so we can all get to sleep. No, 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 no. I want to close. We're not closing at 2. We're closing at 4. No, I think 2 would be a better day. 4, 2, 4. Now, all of a sudden, you got a problem. Bingo. And then, then, then who's settling that? Then you got a legislature. Then you got laws. Then you got then people you, who benefit from those laws. And more importantly, with this particular conversation, if you're going to have any rules, there, there's no point in having any rules unless somebody enforces the rules. Something Bingo. You, something you would call the police. To enforce your rules. Oh, no, you'd come up with a fancy revolutionary name for the place. The Revolutionary Guard, perhaps. Even if your rules are going to be, um, I don't know what their rules would be for, for their, but, but, but somebody's going to have to enforce your rules. Sure, of course. Yeah, and there will be power to fill the And they'll either be really strong guys or they'll have weapons. I thought it was hilarious that night number one you got some rapper running around because he's got guns insisting that he is now in charge and beating people who fail to comply. There's your worker's paradise. God dang it, though. It's, I, I'm I, sorry, just... Chess have beaches or not? No I beaches, can, no ba- beaches and chess. I keep forgetting. Bigger than Lichtenstein? No, <laughs> no, it's smaller, actually, smaller. Sure. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> we gotta, let's just get that clip. The whole, we got to play the whole Tucker thing because it, he, okay. he goes on. It's pretty funny. Maybe we'll get to that next. But this, uh, how this turns out, I have no idea. Um, uh, I, I'm in a pretty good position because I don't live in Seattle of just being amused by it as an experiment. Yes, to see how it's going to turn out. I, I do believe, like you said. I think the governor and the mayor, uh, I think they've decided we'll give them what they want and it will just kind of end of its own. They'll get tired of it or the conflict will be too much. If I were to predict something, I would say that something terrible will happen and the authorities and the people of the state of Washington, the United States, will say, all right, this has got to end, and it will end very badly. I'll tell you what, though. Um, you'll, you'll have you know children being abused or, or, or rampant crime or the uh, already pretty reliable reports of business people being extorted. Somebody will fail to pay the extortion and be beaten to death or shot or whatever, and it will be over. I uh, to widen my brand, I believe my brand would be law and order. I am I am hardcore law and order. I am definitely really. I think the fact that we allowed rioters to destroy stuff across the country is horrifying, and we can't have that in this nation, no matter what the cause. So, keeping that in mind, I watched a video Wall Street Journal put out last night, and I wish we could like get it to you somehow. But you have to be a subscriber. They're pretty good at keeping their stuff behind paywalls, and I don't blame them. That's how they make their money. But uh, Wall Street Journal, um, they had a, a deep dive on how the uh, uh, how it went from peaceful to violent in Seattle, and they looked at 
hundreds of hours of, of footage from TV cameras and people's cell phones and all kinds of different stuff, and then tried to time it together with the uh, uh, the communication of law enforcement, wow. which is available. It's really an interesting video. Wow. But you watch that thing. I watched that thing, and I thought, I, I don't know how you handle that situation. I don't know how you handle it, because it was a peaceful protest. Uh, but there had been non-peaceful protests before. They had turned violent. Mm-hmm. So you got to have some police there. You can't just back off and just let them go, because the night before, people's stuff got smashed. And as I just said, you can't have people's stuff getting ruined and destroyed. You just can't. Right. So there are police there. So at some point, you end up with protesters and police face-to-face. And they've got close-up videos of the of the very beginning, and it starts with uh, everybody's got their umbrellas out because they're trying to protect themselves from tear gas. From a police standpoint, though, you're listening to them talk to each other in their ears, and it's very loud. I can't imagine how nervous you would be as a policeman because mm-hmm. you have no freaking idea what's about to happen next. They've got their umbrellas out to protect themselves from tear gas, but you don't know what's happening behind the umbrellas. Sometimes the tactics are everybody gets their umbrellas out, and then all of a sudden a bunch of bricks are going to come your way because you couldn't see what was getting. So right. everybody's really super tense and nervous. The, the peaceful, peaceful up until that point, protesters were, they think, doing something completely righteous. The police are scared to death. They're trying to protect property. Somebody sticks an umbrella out, and they've got good video of this from a couple of different angles, and a policeman moves the umbrella out of the way. Then, then the, the, the woman sticks the umbrella back again across the line, mm. the barrier, and he grabs the umbrella, then some other people grab the end of the umbrella, and then it just erupts. Somebody sprays some sort of tear gas or something, but then the police do, and who knows who fired first or did whatever first. Yeah. When it gets that tense, there's no way to know. Right. Well, look at the Boston Massacre. They've been trying to figure that out for uh, 200 years. They still have no idea uh, who fired first or threw the first rock. These things are impossible when you get police and, and mobs together. And I was looking at that and thinking, I don't know how you handle this situation. I wouldn't know how to handle it from the protester side or the policing side. I don't even know what to do with that that sort of thing. All I know is you can't let people bust up buildings. Oh, on the other hand, though, you can't not let people protest. Right, right. Well, uh, the theory, and, you know, accepted or rejected, is the way you prevent people from rioting twice is you let them riot once. If you come with force and crack it down and prevent the looting and the rest of it, you'll have riot after riot. That's the thinking. It's, it, well, it, you got to be careful with that strategy because <laughs> people figure it out. And then you have a situation where it's night after night. Night after night? Um, it turns so ugly so fast. Though, oh, yeah. To, to oh, have yeah. those cameras right there in the front line and see the way it erupted. And I'm sure that's the way it was more or less in every city in America. Well, and you try that in the wrong part of uh, whatever town, people are going to get shot. You break into my store, you break into my house, I'm shooting you. And uh, so that's why you have to crack down sooner or later. And this will end badly in Seattle in spite of the unicorn-riding, wishful thinking of the the mayor and the authorities. A little more of a breakdown of the new country of Chaz. And um, uh, we probably ought to get in some COVID talk. Is that starting to be uh, troublesome? Yeah, you got to explain that whatchamacallit thing, Martin Bailey. Yeah. It's a rhetorical strategy. It's what it is. Sounds like a sauce you'd put on a... Oh, hamburger. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, that's good. It's a little spicy, a little sweet. Oh, yeah. A little it's like bitter. ketchup, but it's spicier. <laughs> Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty.
can jump on Expedia to book a trip with the family to the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, now known, by the way, as CHAZ, the country's tourism and economic development department is calling it that, you should know that there are no beaches in Chaz. This is a tiny nation. It's smaller than Liechtenstein. The entire country extends only six city blocks. It was built on land that was formerly owned in part by the Seattle Police Department. But the founders of Chaz wanted that land. So they planted a flag and they stole it, just like the conquistadors. The first thing they did after they declared nationhood, and this was a bit of a surprise given that these modern conquistadors claim to be progressive ideologues, but the first thing they did was establish rigid national borders. They built a wall around the place, just like Donald Trump once said he would do. Their wall is made from wooden barricades. A sign at the entrance to the country warns, you are now leaving the USA. And then there are armed border guards, not technically ICE agents, but close enough, who question everyone seeking entry. Countries have borders, and the founders of Chaz understood that. They don't want the place flooded with illegals. And by illegals, we mean the citizens of Seattle. That's, that's really interesting. I'd say. It's really interesting. <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of protesting going on that claims this goal or that goal that just really wants power. Well, and... There, there are plenty of the protesters that might have, you know, the most benign of ideas of how to have to have things, and I might agree with a lot of what they want. But, you know, if if the strongest, loudest person uh, gets in your way, they're going to take over. I mean, that's just, oh, yeah. that's why you need to have some sort of system yeah. to let the best ideas hopefully float to the top and enforce them. Right. And, uh, or you have a constant state of whoever is willing to be the most brutal taking power until somebody more brutal and capable comes along. And uh, if you want that, Seattle, good luck. It'll be interesting to observe. Yeah. Um, feel like we got to <laughs> jump into the whole COVID conversation, which we, we are actually getting polls. I won't say from who. Probably not a good idea. But anyway, we get polls uh, in, our, in, our, in our work uh, about people's attitudes toward all this. Just to give you a sense of, you know, how much you might want to talk about it or not on the radio. Um, people are tiring of this conversation or that conversation. And people are tired of the whole COVID conversation. Yeah, well, it was omnipresent for a while. Yeah, and I get it. I'm tired of it, too. And there's just this feeling of, okay, that was long enough. We were locked down long enough, and uh, so we're now, now we're done with that. Mm-hmm. And um, Can't kill the economy, et cetera. It's I, true. Yeah, I've certainly had that feeling. But Texas recorded its highest one-day tally of new cases it's ever had. Okay, well, then you got to get into the conversation of how much testing were you doing before and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But hospitalizations are also up, and Houston is um, weighing a new lockdown currently, as the city fathers and mothers say they're on the precipice of a disaster, and they may go back to lockdown having opened up in Houston. Right. Which I think would be the first place in the United States that's done that, opened up and then gone back to restrictions. I heard a very reasonable doctor, some health expert, I can't recall who it was, uh, and I apologize deeply and humbly for that, but... Uh, he was talking about how there's an increase in hospitalizations, and that's what you really need to watch because cases can reflect additional testing, as you said. What he said, in every, virtually every other country, it's, it's a question of gas pedal and brake. It's not the metaphor he used, but I will. That you keep an eye on it, and as outbreaks, hotspots occur, caseloads increase, you pump the brakes. You pull back. You say, okay, folks, sorry about that, but the movie theaters are closed again. Uh, we got to go back wow. to only outdoor dining. And he said the idea that it's a one-way thing 
He said that's not based at all on the way pandemics work and the way this okay. one works in particular. Okay, fine. If the science on that is true, it's true. But is that doable at all? Doable at all for running a business? You can, you know, mm-hmm. lay off some of your staff at your restaurant and know, okay, we're going to be closed till whatever two months out. Then we're reopening. But the going back and forth—that's got to be impossible. It, it is impossible. How would you have food ready? How would you have the right number of employees? And are they unemploy- on employment now or on not on unemployment? Right. It, it would help. If the uh, you know the limits the uh, the the brake pumping the you can't do this anymore for a while things weren't idiotic and arbitrary and decided it, it you know by you know these halfwits <laughs> who are uh, your county health directors who might be good at figuring out what ought to happen or I've seen many many examples where they're terrible at it and so <clears throat> you know if we had wise and benevolent leaders. Yeah, we could probably accomplish it pretty effectively. It'd still be very hard, but I, I must be in a I charitable think it's mood. Be ugly. I must be in a charitable mood because I'm thinking <clears throat> it would be difficult to do. Period. I mean, it's just oh, that's really, true. really hard to do. Absolutely, and, and then, it'll be much worse because a lot of them are dope. And then, as a consumer or customer, am I going to go to movie theaters if sometimes they're open, sometimes they're closed, sometimes the restaurants open, or, or do I, you know, I just stay away? Which obviously dooms them also. Chinese pandemics suck. You know, you're right. You're right about that. Armstrong and Getty. <laughs>